Welcome back to non-traditional physician assistant, physician associate, PA podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Kamaha. Uh, Today, I'm going to be briefly hitting on what you can be working on at this point. If you are preparing to apply this cycle, uh, just for a reference, CASPA opens up in the beginning of May or really the end of April. Um, So you want to start working on that to get ready. And I want to help you get ahead specifically by giving you some pointers for writing CASPA experience descriptions. So depending on how many experiences you have, writing these can definitely take some time. And it's important to show your best self and, uh, you know, get the programs that you're applying to interested in getting to know you better and convince them that you are going to be a great candidate for their program. If you have yet to work on these, and need a little advice to get started, listen in. This episode is for you. You are listening to the Non-Traditional Physician Assistant Podcast. As far as what you can be getting started on now, um, first of all, if you haven't already, I would recommend that you want to start working on your personal statement. Even if you're not putting pen to paper, so to speak, uh, you're not necessarily writing the essay itself yet, you definitely want to be brainstorming, thinking of possible possible situations you've had, experiences you've had, stories you might want to tell within that personal statement because um, that's really important, the narrative and what you want to communicate about yourself. And think about how you can um, highlight some parts of your personality as well, for sure. Sorry, I keep looking over. Uh, My daughter is taking a nap. She's also sick. So uh, she took a good nap, but uh, I think she's going to be waking up soon. So apart from, um, sorry, I digress. Apart from working on your personal statement, getting that going, you also need to figure out your recommendations, who's going to write you evaluations for CASPA uh, ASAP, and you need to ask them as soon as possible as well. You want to give them a few months, and if you're going to apply early in May, for sure you want to ask them early. I didn't even apply this last cycle uh, when I reapplied to one program until um, I didn't turn in my application until August, I think, still, because I was reworking my personal statement uh, all summer. And uh, I had asked them pretty early on, still like March, even though a lot of my recommenders were the same. Um, But yeah, uh, I didn't get my last, I didn't get my last one in, and I asked this person a little bit later, but I didn't get my last recommendation in until I think late July. So you don't, you really don't want to be waiting on someone to get your recommendation in. And thankfully, I still was reworking things at the last minute. So I wasn't just waiting to submit on her. And it wasn't a rolling admission school. So it wasn't an issue for me. But many, many PA programs are rolling admissions. And you're never going to be hurt by being one of the first applicants they see or one of the earlier applications that they review. It helps your chances of getting it when there's less people to compare you to. So keep that in mind. 
And then you also want to start studying if there's any standardized tests you need to take, the GRE, the CASPER test. You can't really study for CASPER, but you can register uh, in the coming months. Uh, try to figure out when you want to take the, the PACAT and GRE are the main ones uh, for scheduling and then for studying as well. Um, they, you know, heaven forbid you have to take it more than once because your, your first score isn't great. This way, if you schedule it earlier, start studying earlier, take it a little bit earlier, and you still want to apply early in the cycle, like May, June, uh, then you'll have a little more time to study again and sign up to retake it, which I really hope you don't have to, because uh, it's very expensive to have to retake those tests. All right. And then um, the, the last thing uh, as well uh, with the GRE and the PACAT and also with CASPER, you want to make sure that you pay attention to your PA program deadlines, make sure that you are getting those done in time uh, and so they can be submitted and the program can receive them by their deadline. If you miss the deadline on that, you're not gonna, they're not going to make an exception on that for you. So you really need to be on top of things that way as well. Alright, and then another thing to do uh, is update or if you haven't already, start tracking your hours. There are a lot of apps um, that can help you track your patient care experience, your healthcare experience, your volunteer hours all in one place. I think uh, MedSembly or uh, some affiliate with that, they can do that and I, it was free. I don't know if it's all free or if it's a subscription only now. I think also the PA Box website, you can probably do some of that as well. So you might want to look into those or just good old fashioned Excel spreadsheet. Um, get that documented and saved. Um, and you should be able to get those hours from your paychecks, from uh, looking back at your calendar. Hopefully you've been pretty fastidious about documenting or, or recording these things in your schedule. So last thing I'm going to talk about that is really helpful to start doing earlier than later is working on the CASPA experience um, descriptions. So I'm going to get a little bit more in depth into that in just a moment. So as I mentioned, we're going to get uh, more into the uh, CASPA experience descriptions and what you want to think of when you're writing those and preparing those and putting that into your CASPA application. Uh, so first of all, the experiences on CASPA are located in a section called supporting information. Once you set up CASPA, you set up your CASPA account, you can basically access that and, and start looking around there as well. As I mentioned, I really recommend starting this early, especially if you, like myself, are pretty non-traditional, have a lot of things going on, have a lot of experiences just in general. It takes a little while to write these experience descriptions. People make a big deal about putting your, your grades and your classes in, and it's nothing compared to writing all the experience descriptions. Uh, other than the personal statement, it's, it's a big area. I think that you can show your personality. It's kind of like your resume, but the, the extended version. So you're not just picking out the best of the best, the best highlights. You're, you're using everything that you've done that you think is worthwhile, worth sharing, and that you learned something from. So to me, I, I pretty much put every, every experience that I pretty much could. As far as the types of experiences, they, you, when you get into actually adding an experience in CASPA, 
you'll first pick the type of experience. So CASPA breaks it down into these categories, non-healthcare employment, uh, extracurriculars, healthcare experience, leadership experience, patient care experience, shadowing, teaching experience, and volunteer experience. And then as far as what you um, are going to add in before you start writing the description. The description is really the last part of adding an experience. You want to make sure that you have a supervisor or some point of contact that you have their uh, information so that programs can reach out to them. Uh, So basically you need to know their name, title, contact number for their phone number and also their email address. And then you're just going to have to put like the address of the organization that that you were involved in, the organization, loose term. And does does CASPA or do your programs really reach out to these people? It seems like probably not. That would be very time consuming. But uh, there is a section where it asks if you'll authorize them to contact the organization. And you always want to say yes. If you don't, it just looks like a red flag or like why wouldn't they want us to contact them if you have a situation like that where you really don't want them to contact them and um you know unless it's crucial to your application i probably wouldn't include it just because you don't want to risk anything and you don't want to lie and in case they happen to contact them and then they hear something bad I really think the chances of them getting contacted are very slim unless they question your application general and your honesty then they might reach out and ask uh, more. So, all right. As far as types of recognition that you can get for each experience, you have to select that as well. So either it's uh, compensated, so you're paid for that experience or that position or what have you, or you received academic credit, or you did it as a volunteer. And I know with I know with like the last job that I had, they would actually give us some leave like paid leave to go volunteer and that's really great but I would never put that as volunteer experience on CASPA and I know that's probably not super common uh, at this point but just FYI if you get paid for something it's not volunteer on the CASPA experience descriptions they want you to calculate the number of hours and they do so automatically based on what you're going to input for the average weekly hours and the number of weeks that you were involved in whatever that experience was. So it's not an exact science, basically. And a lot of times the hours I had didn't match up with what went into CASPA. Just try to get it close and underestimate every time. You wanna be honest, you don't wanna give them any reason to doubt you if they had to reach out to someone or somewhere else on your application it said something else and then you overestimated, you just don't want to have that look of being dishonest. So uh, underestimate every time. All right, so let's get into the actual experience descriptions and what you want to highlight when you're writing those and what you should know uh, that programs are looking for. All right, so as far as the actual program, the descriptions go, As far as the number of characters you can put in, there is a 600 character limit. And so it's very important to stay within that limit uh, and make the most of that space. So some people have asked in the past, is it better to do the experience descriptions as bullet points or do you need to do like a paragraph format? 
and I've seen a lot of people say that paragraph format is better, but I personally did bullet point format because I tend to be a little bit lengthier writer and so it was just easier for me to do that and I'm still like very much a very thorough uh, description writer so I don't really think it took away from the the continuity and the writing content of my uh, experience descriptions but you know evaluate that on your own basis and see what you think is best for you. As far as what you actually want to write in each description in those 600 characters, what you want to use them for. You want to, of course, explain your role, your responsibilities, what you did in that experience, uh, anything pertinent like that, of course. And then you don't only want to highlight what you saw or what you participated in, but you also need to take it to the next step, which is highlight what you learned or what you came away from the experience with and how that will make you a a better provider as a PA or how you can use that experience to to help patients better. So schools from your descriptions should be able to see does this person fit well personality-wise, what they're willing to do with what a physician assistant should do and should be willing to do, what a good physician assistant is. And do they have the skills and the knowledge and the background to be successful as students as well? Um, so, of course, you, you can always highlight any special achievements or awards you got during that time. That's all a great place to do that as well, just to kind of talk to yourself up a little bit. But always, of course, bring it back to how this experience is going to help you to serve patients better as a physician assistant. As a special note for the for the patient care experiences and the healthcare experiences, uh, you want to put your your hours that obviously that you have up to that point that you're applying, but you can also at the end of your description stick in a little sentence about how many hours you expect to have by a certain date. So, for example, I applied to one program in August, and I also included a sentence about my projected hours for May of the next year. So, it can be a simple, simple little thing, just saying, by such and such a date, I expect to have 3,000 hours from this role total, something like that. Um, and then that just shows that you're still working in that job. You're going to continue working in that position. You're going to continue learning and preparing uh, for your role as a physician assistant. And you're going to continue improving yourself, basically. Some great points to highlight in your descriptions. Uh, if you were responsible for teaching or training others, highlight that. Uh, even if it's not specifically a teaching experience, like if it's like a patient care experience, healthcare experience, or volunteer experience, that, you know, there's some experiences that kind of bridge the gap between different categories, but if you can highlight some things like that, uh, especially if you know your programs really want people who have a solid educational background or teaching background, or they really love to see a lot of research, you can always try to bring those in in different areas of your experiences as well. You also would want to mention if you had any leadership positions in those roles, um, and then you how you advocated for others, uh, if you helped underserved people in any way, uh, all of those things. Anything that's going to exemplify uh, the PA character, or what makes a PA successful, being compassionate, empathetic, uh, going the extra mile, showing that you, you put the patient first. 
being a leader and, and being moral, ethical, that will make you a great provider, a great PA. Another thing to consider if you are an older, non-traditional applicant like myself, when I applied, I was in my late 20s the first time, and I included experiences back from my college years. Yes, it had been a while. It had been, you know, eight years since I graduated, nine years, but I thought those experiences were pertinent. They were things that I had spent a lot of time on, showed a lot of dedication to, you know, for example, I was uh, involved in a ministry on my campus and I was a music major. So I had a lot of music things, but uh, for volunteer experience, I had uh, this this ministry that we went to uh, long-term care facilities and we performed concerts and had time of uh, chatting and fellowship with the uh, residents there. And I did that all four years of college. And then uh, my third year, involved, I became a location coordinator. So I took on a leadership role. And so that longevity is really good to see. Uh, And, you know, it shows commitment and that I stick with something once I start. And it also allowed me to bring in another leadership experience as well. So I actually divided that one up my first two years into volunteer and then my second two years as a leadership experience. And so, yeah, it was a while ago, but it was really pertinent. I thought it really benefited my application. It shows who I am and what are my interests are and that I like to serve people as well. Um, and yeah, I it, also my college, during my college years, I was a music major, but I had so many activities going on at a time. So I thought it showed that I can handle a lot of things at once academically while you know balancing uh, doing well in my studies and in my coursework. So think about that as well. If you're like me, a little bit older, it's okay to put some college experiences um, or all of them. Don't limit yourself or feel like it's too long ago because you might only end up, I mean, a lot of people's experiences, I think, are through college, just a natural place where a lot of things are happening. So don't limit yourself and say, oh, that was like 10, 15 years ago. I can't put that. And then likewise, if you're a younger applicant and maybe you're, finishing up undergrad or you just graduated shortly maybe took a gap year I think if you have high school experience that's pertinent as far as showing that you were interested in medicine from you know early on uh, and that you were committed to that already in high school that's great and I really admire people who knew what they wanted from the outset and and went with it so if you're in that situation I think it's okay to put high school experiences if you're an older applicant like myself I wouldn't go back to high school I'd say that that's probably a little bit too far back that's just my personal opinion though uh, also some people might want be wondering should I really list all my other jobs that aren't related to healthcare at all like what does serving have to do with becoming a physician assistant or how is that going to look good well I think any experience you have is good to list because I think you always learn some things if you sit down and think about it you learned some skills you learned how to communicate with customers you learn how to work with other people there's a lot of life skills and people skills and communication skills and probably other things beyond that even that you can apply. You learned how to work well and manage stress from working at a fast-paced drive-through. I think all of that is really helpful and pertinent. Again, I wouldn't go back into high school if you're uh, a ways out of college or undergraduate like me, but um, I think that all those jobs, even if they're part-time summer jobs, if they taught you something, there's something that you think 
will carry over to making you a better PA as a result, I would include it. I think it will help you. I think it looks good as long as you are able to write well about it in your experience descriptions. So anyway, uh, that's a little bit about that. And then before I before I close this out, I just thought I would give you guys an example from my application of an experience description. I'm gonna share a, one that I marked as a leadership experience. And I was high school girls counselor and lifeguard, so I combined them because um, it was the same summer. So these are my experience details or my description. Ensured the social, emotional, and physical well-being of my 13 campers as well as swimmers at the waterfronts. Strengthened mediation skills to resolve interpersonal conflicts between campers. Organized intercabin social events and competitions with other counselors. Supported campers and encouraged positive coping methods when campers were feeling stressed or upset. Learned to employ different support techniques catered to each camper's personality and enhanced critical decision-making skills by learning to quickly assess a situation and form a plan of action. So as you can see uh, from that description, I definitely talked about um, my interpersonal skills as far as managing my campers, managing campers swimming uh, on the waterfronts as a lifeguard. I also had to work together with other other counselors to organize social events for our camp, our cabins. And then, um, you know, I talked about what I learned. I learned to support people in different ways, depending on their personality. And I also uh, improved the ability to make critical decisions in difficult moments and form a plan of action. So uh, I think that even though I didn't specifically say, which will help me as a PA, blah, 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 I think that that's how it reads basically and um, so you really want to emphasize all those things what you did your role uh, how you learned through that situation or that role and then what that situation and what you learned will help you bring to the table as a future physician assistant or physician assistant student as it may be so um, hopefully that was helpful for you guys let me know if you Uh, need any extra help or tips or pointers I'm always here for you my Instagram is uh, the dot non-traditional dot pa underscore s and uh, you're welcome to reach out to me there at any time and I'll put uh, my email in the description as well please like subscribe leave me a comment anything is great I always want to get this uh, podcast out more people aware about it so that they can hopefully benefit as well from it all right guys until next time take care Thank you.